So as I get into my message, um, I always kind of like to go into a little bit about how I got this word, I guess you want to say. Um, and so basically, I know that uh, my ladies and my ladies group, of course, we're doing a devotion called Father's House. And one day I was reading through one of the devotions. It was on day two, and it talked about the promises that I have as a daughter of the king. And there's some good stuff in there. And I don't know if you've ever reached out and really got a hold of what you have as a child of God, but if you haven't, you really need to realize that's for me. That's for us. It's not just in there, and we have to be, you know, it's, it's for us. And um, so I'm going to read those to you just because I think you need to hear them, and I think I need to hear them too. We probably need to remind ourselves of these every single day. So anyways, here are some of the ones that my book mentioned. No weapon formed against me shall prosper. I am innocent, holy, and blameless before the Father. I reign in life with authority and power. God is my refuge and my strength, my strong tower. I do not have to fear because God is for me. Father God, Jesus, the Holy Spirit are causing all things to work together for my good. I really feel like we just sang so much of these. (laughs) I can trust God to finish what he has begun in my life, and I will abide in him. By his stripes, I am healed physically, emotionally, mentally, and spiritually. I have the peace of God. I am in continual fellowship with him. I enjoy an abundant, overflowing life, which I feel like that was a little bit of Jay's message last night because we always kept going, and more, last week. And then God is on my side, and I am more than a conqueror through Christ Jesus. So as I was, like, going through this devotion and everything, something told me, and I can't remember if it was in my devotion, but something told me um, that the ones that I wanted to, to look at or kind of get a hold of, or really struck me that night, was the one from Romans first, or chapter 8, 31 and 37. And I know Miss Sam will put those up for me. Verse 31 said, What then shall we say in response to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? Verse 37, No, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. And while I was continuing to read and do that devotional, something told me, God probably, to listen to the song Defender. And we sang it here at church. You guys have probably heard it before. It's by Francesca Battistelli. I hope I didn't just butcher her name. (laughs) But she has lots of good songs. And um, so I'm going to read to you guys the first verse and the chorus of that song. So the first verse goes, says, you go Before I know that you've even gone to win this war, you come back with the head of my enemy. You come back and you call it my victory. Hallelujah, you have saved me. So much better your way. Hallelujah, great defender. So much better your way. And as I listened to that song and I was praying and I was crying, which I'm trying not to do right now, um, God spoke and said, that's what you're going to speak on. That's what you're going to speak in in March. And I was like, okay, we can do this. And it's funny the way that God works because this is something that I have been dealing with. This is something that I needed to realize 
that my God is a mighty warrior. My God is a conqueror. And as I was planning and, you know, doing all of my, you know, my studying for this, I have an in with the praise team because I'm married to him. And um, I said, hey, Wally, just by chance, what are some of the songs you guys are singing this coming week? And he said them. And I was like, thank you, Lord, because he mentioned the song, I'm going to see a victory. And this is how I fight my battle. And I was like, okay, God, you're working. It's all going to come together. So anyways, this is what I discovered as I was studying. Now, of course, there's like tons of battles in the Bible. So then I was like, okay, which one do I speak about, Lord? You know, we have the battle that was fought in a prison by just them praising with Paul and Silas. And then we have, of course, poor David. I mean, that guy was on the run all the time, I feel like. He was constantly in a battle. We have the battle of Jericho where they praised and marched around the walls and the walls fell. So as I was looking through battles, this was the one that stood out to me. And um, now in just a second, I'm going to have Sam put it up there. But I want to summarize for you what happened before I get into my real scripture. So this actually comes from 2 Kings chapter 6. Now, I'm going to summarize it for you. The Aramean army, and I hope I'm saying that right because Bible names sometimes trick me up. Um, but the Aramean army and the Israelites were at odds against each other. And the king of Aram is how I'm going to pronounce it. <laughs> and um, they were um, trying to get the Israelites. Every single time they tried to get the Israelites, the Israelites were like nowhere to be found. Or, or they were on guard. And so this really ticked the king off. Like, how are they doing this? How are we never going to get them? They're never there. Can't do that sneak attack thing. Well, finally, somebody let the king know that there was this prophet named Elisha. And um, he was in real good connection with God. And it says in the Bible that he even knew the stuff that the king was saying in his bedroom. So, I mean, the stuff he was saying, you know, just as he was talking maybe to himself. I do that sometimes. Um, the stuff that he was saying to his wife. The stuff that he was saying to his advisors. Elisha knew all of it. So, Elisha was always preparing them that, you know, hey, if they're going to be over here, we're going to go around them. Or if they're going to be here, we're going to be ready for them. They can never get them. So, we're going to start now. In verse 14, so if Miss Sam will put that up there. They found out where Elisha was finally located, and here is how the story started to unfold. Then he sent horses, chariots, and a strong force there. They went by night and surrounded the city. When the servant of the man of God, so Elisha's servant, got up and went out early the next morning, and an army of horses and chariot, chariots surrounded the city. I'm a third grade teacher, so I read with expression. I'm sorry, guys. Oh, no, my Lord, what shall we do? The servant asked. Don't be afraid, the prophet answered. Those who are with us are more than those who are with them. And Elisha then prayed, open his eyes, Lord, so that he may see. Elisha already knew. Elisha could already see him. Then the Lord opened the servant's eyes, and he looked, and he saw the hills full of horses and chariots of fire, and they were all around. 
So he got to see it. And this reminded me whenever Jay was showing that video last week. I think it was called National Treasure, something like that. I haven't seen it. But anyways, they did that uh, fire thing, and it was a... And it showed everything. Remember that part if you were here last week? It kind of reminded me of that because I was like, at that instant, that servant got to see, wow, he got to see what God was about to do. So he went from having, oh my goodness, you know, danger, (laughs) what are we going to do, to, yes, my God's already there. There's already a deliverance. So I'm going to go ahead and summarize the last little bit because you might want to know how the story ends. But um, this is kind of a funny part. So Elisha prayed that God would strike them with blindness, the army, strike him with blindness. And, of course, you know, God did. And then this is kind of those funny things. I think this is one that Jay likes to call Elisha walked out with sass. And um, he walked out, and he pretended not to be the guy that they were trying to kill. This is the guy we've been wanting to kill, but they didn't know that. So Elisha's like, hey, guys, you're not in the right place. This isn't the right city. This isn't the right town. Follow me. Come on. I'll take you guys. We're exactly where you need to go. So he did. He led him to Samaria, which was right in the middle of the fortress of their enemy. Now, you might say, oh, geez, they probably were, you know, destroyed. Actually, they ended up feeding them and then sent them one home. There was no battle that day at all. God had already done it. And according to that song, which I'm going to read, you know, the scripture, which I think that Miss Francesca may have got this from, you go before I know that you've even gone to fight the war for me. It was over before they even had a chance to get it started. God had already taken control. So I just wanted to go ahead and let you guys know how it ended. So let me go ahead and concentrate on those verses that I read. This is the one that I want to talk about, that servant. That servant, first thing when he opened up that door, came out of the tent or whatever it was that they were staying in, first thing he did was see the danger. At that point, he couldn't see the deliverance. And that was something that God gave me, that we see the, the dangers, the battles, the conflicts every single day. But what we need to start seeing is the deliverance. So that's what I pray for you today. Here's the reason why. His eyes were only partially opened. Now, I teach a lesson in third grade about spiritual blindness, and we know about the Pharisees and how they were spiritually blind, and we needed them to have spiritual sight. But in today, even for you guys, I know that there's some people here in this room that your eyes might be partially opened. Now, I know you might be a Christian. You may have been a Christian for a long time, many, many years, Bethany. I've been in church, and that's true. And you may have seen, you know, God and the, the loving kindness and how patient and how loving and how merciful he is. And that's true, too. Don't get me wrong. Our God is all those things. Thank the Lord. But I want you to see today, this is something that I had to get a hold of, that our God is so much more than that, too. He is a mighty warrior. He is our champion, which we sang last week, too, that got me all in my feels because I was like, yes, Lord, you're continuing to use those songs and, you know, fill me up with that. But he is those things, too. And I know that if you kind of picture that verse with Jesus, and I know I don't want to get real graphic, but Jesus holding the head of your enemy, that's the kind of God he is, too. 
so many times we think of him, you know, on the cross and, and he's, you know, sitting with the little kids and things like that. But he is a warrior. He is almighty. And that's what I want you guys to get to. So anyways, those are the eyes like this servant and maybe some of you in here today that your eyes haven't been open to those spiritual things. The things that are done in the supernatural divinity that come with God being your defender. He's fighting those battles already for you. Now, in verse 15, the question came from the servant, and he says to Elijah, what do we do? What are we going to do? You've probably asked this many times. Battle comes along. Conflict comes along. You turn to your spouse. What are we going to do about this? You turn to your family members. Mine's usually my mom. What do I do? How am I going to solve this problem? And guys, I'm sure we've asked God many, many times. God, how is this even going to work? There's no way. How? How? We've all asked it before. But the servant's next question could have been this. Could have. I emphasize could have. Could have been do we surrender? I mean, he saw hills, armies, chariots, horses. There's no way we're going to be completely done for. Do we wave the white flag, Elisha? Do we throw up our hands and say, we surrender already because it's going to be a bloodbath? No, no. This is a question, like I said, that you probably have asked other people. We all wanted to throw our hands up wave the white flag, and let some of those enemies, now I know some of those enemies can be anxiety, depression, the sins that are still sneaking up on us, sicknesses, afflictions, anything that has to do with stress completely take over. But, but, thankfully, that wasn't the next question. And before he even had a chance to get that question out of his mouth, Elisha prayed. And that is what we need to do. He says, open his eyes, Lord, that he may see. Now, some of us here in this room have had our eyes open. And we can now thankfully see those armies that our God is going to take care of it no matter what. Now, There are days that those fears, those battles, those sins, those afflictions, those enemies were all around us too. And our eyes were only partially opened. But God sent an Elisha in our life, thankfully. And those those people prayed over us, Lord, open his eyes. Open her eyes. Let her see that you've got this. He, He needs to know that you are still in control. And sometimes we need to be reminded of that little song about he's still got the whole world in his hands. It might seem like so many times that we're doomed. This isn't going to happen. Whether it's worldly stuff, what it's, you know, going on in other countries, what it might just be going on in your own marriage, what's going on in your own family. I know I've had that many, many times in the last few years. But he's still on his throne, and he is still the conqueror. He's holding every single one of us in his hands. Then we started to see after that person prayed for us that those horses and those chariots of fire, 
were for us too. That we weren't going to wave the white flag. We're not going to surrender anymore. We're not going to snap at our spouse and our kids because we have so much anger and so much stress going in our life that it makes our whole entire household miserable. And we are not going to let it consume our thoughts because that's not how he made us. He made us to be able to have the faith that our God's in control, that he's going to take care of us. It's not going to be the last thing we think about. It's not going to be the first thing we think about in the mornings. He's got it in his hands. Now, for those of you who have completely put your trust in this mighty warrior, this defender, this champion, we might not even know how it happened. Like if you ask me, Bethany, when did you finally start seeing this? It may have been a process. For some of you, it might have been like, oh, I know exactly when it happened. God opened my eyes, and I was like, no more. And that may have been like, you know, you too. You are so just done with waking up every morning and feeling defeated. You went to bed, and you felt defeated. And then finally, it was like, why am I living like this? And that's when it was your moment. That was when it was like, Sit, God. I'm giving it all to you. It took a big God to open the spiritual eyes or even what we call the eyes of our heart so that you can see what he's going to do. It takes an omnipotent God, the all-powerful God, the one who created those eyes, to open them. Now, God has to be working, of course. He's working on that heart. He's working on your spirit. He's working on your soul. And sometimes, according to our song, even when you don't feel it, he's working. We know that song as well. But then through God's work, through the people who have been praying for you, for our ladies group, you know, we have a prayer list. And these ladies are praying. And we know that there are people that in this church that if we need prayer, we text them, we call them. And they pray because that's what we're supposed to do for each other. And then through those things, God working, people praying for you, that opening of eyes and the opening of your heart can be accomplished. And then you get to have like that moment, that Damascus Road kind of moment that Paul had. And those scales will fall off. Those promises, the provisions, these things that I just read to you will become like full circle. Like, ah, I get it now, Lord. I get it. Now, with spiritual eyes open, you can do so much for the kingdom, so, so much, because you're not walking around feeling defeated all the time. You're not walking around thinking, okay, got to get through this day, got to get through this day. Now, sometimes I do feel like that, you know, just because I'm tired, um, but this is, it was a different feeling. I don't walk around feeling like I have the weight of my shoulders, the weight of the world on my shoulders anymore, because God's in control. So, Think about Paul again, because I just mentioned him. I'm on that Damascus road. When his eyes were closed, what kind of person was he? Bad. He went from harassing them, harassing Christians, imprisoning them, killing them. Not the good person that he was supposed to be. To, on Damascus road, having his eyes fully opened after his scales fell off. To man... God couldn't have had a better servant. He worked and worked and worked for the Lord. He went from killing them to strengthening them, 
to encouraging them, making sure that churches were planted here and there, and then going back and checking on them, missionary um, mission after mission, and then beaten so many times. That poor guy went through so much stuff. (laughs) And then he ran that race all the way up into his death. I mean, complete 180, 360, whichever one, complete roundabout. So anyways, when those eyes were open, he had no better servant. Now, I know that I'm going to go ahead and put up Deuteronomy, Miss Sam. This is the scripture that I feel like Francesca may have got our Defender song from us. It says in Deuteronomy chapter 20, verse 4, For the Lord your God is the one who goes with you to fight for you against your enemies, to give who the victory? You the victory. Now, Elijah, no doubt, felt that his prayer that he prayed that day for his servant, it was going to be answered. He knew it. Now, he prayed, show him, Lord. Show him what I can see. Show him what you're going to do. And that's exactly what we want for you guys. For the leadership team, for Pastor Jay, Pastor Dwight, there's so many times, guys and girls, that I have said, even to my ladies group, that I wish that you guys could get a hold of what our God is. And there was a time where I had been in church all my life, and I thought, you know, I know who God is. I've worshipped him all my life. But it wasn't until about four to five years ago that I finally got it in my head of who, who I am, my identity in him, and who the God is that I served. And that's what we pray for you all. We want every single man, we want every single woman, every single young person in this congregation, in this church, to be able to see what God has, what he's doing in your life. Because once you do, oh, you can do so much for him. And we call ourselves a house of miracles. But remember, these are just four walls. We need to be out there. We need to be in our places of work. We need to be in our school taking the church, the gospel, what God's done for us, and telling other people. Because you can't get a better testimony than you telling them, listen, let me tell you what he's brought me through. Let me tell you what he's done in my life. Because that hits hard. Because if he's done it for them, or done it for you, he can do it for them. That's another song. (laughs) So anyways, we want you sitting here today to have your spiritual eyes open. Not partial, not partial to what God can do, but fully that he is fighting every single battle for you. Every battle you face, whether it's the big ones, like the news that you may have got last month, the news that you may have got last week, that every single time that you lay down at night, that's on your mind. How is this going to work, Lord? How are we going to do it? To even the small battles of, oh my goodness, how do I go in and face her tomorrow? My coworker, she did this. He did this, said that about me. Even from the big to the small, those battles are still going to be won because he's fighting them for you. It can be fought by your defender, your mighty warrior, your champion, whatever word you want to call him there, because guess what? He's never lost a battle, and he's not going to start with you. 
He's going to continue to fight for you, for me, because he loves us. And I want the worship team to go ahead and come on back up.